Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Hey guys, it's the Shaman coming at you here. going to do an Ask the Naturals today, and this one is one that hits close to my heart. It's one that uh, is very important. So let me read out this question. When do we know a girl is the perfect match for us? And what is the time to stop gaming and settle down? Good question. And the answer is, you'll know. You'll just know. Just kidding. So the answer is, there's multiple factors that we need to consider here when looking at, you know, what's the right time to settle down? Is this girl really good for me? Something that we see a lot of in our work, in our field of work with our clients, is that guys come into this with a need to want to get a skill set. Guys come into seduction, they come to the natural lifestyles, they come into looking at videos like this, oftentimes with a desire to have more freedom, more choice, more possibilities, more experience. And that is often related to dating, relating women, sexuality. So it's very common that guys are showing up without a lot of experience and they want to get a lot of experience. Now, if you want to get a lot of experience, then you have to go out there and do a lot of practice. And if you're going to do that, then it's going to be very hard to do that if you're locked down in a relationship. So there's this kind of paradox that happens with guys that are into seduction and practicing pickup uh, because they're doing it because they actually want to have a better sense of self and ideally have better relationships and better connections. But at the same time, sometimes pursuing a lot of pickup can mean that you're almost working against yourself because you're having a lot of experiences that are not necessarily the best experiences for creating a relationship with a girl. So how do we know when it's time to choose a girl or when it's time to settle down? Well, big thing to recognize on that journey is where are you at? What, what stage are you at? If you're in a position where you haven't really been dating for a long time, or you've never had a relationship, or you haven't had a, a relationship in a very long time, and you don't really know what you want, or you're, you're just coming back into you know, really connecting with women for whatever reason, then it can be very important to start to go out there and build a dating life, to see multiple women, to have some experiences, and, and maybe that lasts months. Maybe that lasts years. And typically what we recommend as a general rule, which I tend to agree with, is that you don't want to get stuck in a relationship, especially early on, uh, because that's going to put you back into the comfort zone. It's going to put you back into the place of not really developing and evolving on your journey as a man as much as you could. Now, once again, we've got lots of videos on our channel that relate to this in various forms, uh, and you can go and refer to those. But today I really want to look at like, how do we know if we're making a good choice or not when we, when, we meet a, when we meet a girl that is, is, a, is a good match for us or a good potential match. And also, uh, you know, when's, when is it time to settle down? Well, I would say that the important thing to recognize here is that you need to have a range of reference experiences to be able to make a good judgment call about that. Now, you can just go out and find a, a girl and have a relationship with her and you might find that in weeks or months you're very dissatisfied with that because she doesn't really match you in various ways. So the important things to look at in a relationship are things like, does the person that you're spending time with have similar values to you? Does she like doing similar stuff? 
doesn't have to be all the same stuff, but does she at least have some important parts of her that match the important parts of you so that you guys can see eye to eye and value the same kinds of things? Because one of the things that makes relationships very hard and kills a lot of relationships is misalignments of values. Two people wanting to go in different directions or two people that are butting heads on a major point of contention that uh, you know they regularly have to face. So for example, if you're a, uh, a very freedom-loving person who likes going out and being social and having constant adventures, and you start dating a girl who's very shy and conservative and wants to stay inside all time doing uh, things that entertain her in a more introverted way, then you might butt heads. You might also not, because maybe you have another area of your life where you really share an amazing value of spirituality, or you really share an amazing love of nature, or an amazing love of art, or an amazing joy for uh, some passion that you both have. And in some sense, because you have an alignment on that value, then the other value of like extroversion versus introversion doesn't really matter too much. But if you have misalignments on these really core levels, you've definitely got an issue. So make sure if you're dating a girl that she's got good values before you're even gonna consider settling down and, and, and um, you know, really being with her in a more intense kind of way. Now, how do you identify values? Well, that's a whole thing in itself. Well, identifying values is a lot about getting to know somebody. And there are specific things that you can do to identify people's values. And basically what it comes down to is understand what your values are, what's important to you. So for example, for me, what's important to me is having a strong understanding and map of reality. I like to map and philosophize and understand the world from multiple perspectives. So what does that mean when it comes to when I'm dating with dating women and finding a woman who really matches me? I really appreciate and enjoy and need a woman with an open mind, with a curious mind, with a, with a mind that wants to learn, that wants to analyze. And ideally, a, a girl who's into stuff like psychology or history or spirituality or whatever. So she has some elements of herself that's into that. So that's one thing that's really important for me, for example. So I know I'll filter for that. And that will come out fairly quickly because I share that, you know, I'm a coach and I, I'm, I'm into philosophy and I'm into sociology and I'm into all these different things. Then they'll start to say, oh, I like that too. Well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Whereas if she's not interested in that, then okay, that's fine. But then I might fish for something else because it's not just, that's not the only thing I'm looking for. For example, maybe I'm looking for something like a good sense of connection to her purpose. So does she know what she wants, what she wants to do and what she's doing in life? And, and does she have passion for who she, who she is and where she's going? Because I have a lot of passion for that in myself. So I like to share my mission and my purpose. And in some ways, that is good when I have that. But then there can be a point of contention on that level too, because if she's too driven, too focused, and too on her purpose, and I'm driven and focused on my purpose, then we might be, might be really hard to connect because there's not a lot of like meeting each other on that level. So it's about finding somebody who can match you on those levels. And sometimes, not always, and this is something to consider which is important in relationships, sometimes one partner needs to be the leader and the other one needs to be the follower. And that doesn't sound very like appealing, but it's definitely dominant and submissive dynamics, power exchanges that are happening inside healthy relationships. And for example, it's not always the case, but a general thing is that when a man is directed and on purpose and he feels strong about who he is and where he's going, then he is usually well matched to a supportive woman who wants to go with him on that journey and is happy to let him lead because then he gets to feel like the leader and be more masculine in his role. Now, if he's with a woman who's very leader orientated herself and she wants to go and push very hard to do her own thing, then there can be a, sometimes a, some contention over who's leading the relationship, who's the dominant. You know, so imagine you're having like 
two people trying to be captain of the same ship, uh, which is the relationship. Uh, and, and that can be hard. So at least, at least for, from, from time to time, there needs to be one captain and you know, one follower, and then one captain and one follower. And you can switch between, but definitely not two at the same time, because that's not really cool. So that's something that's important to recognize is, you know, do, does, does the, the person that you're with match you in, in their ability to either understand your purpose and, and, and want to learn about that, or do they have a strong purpose and you want to learn about that yourself, and how can you collaborate on this? So that's an important one for me. Now, the second one, sorry, the third one that is important for me, for example, is uh, having a strong sense of emotional intelligence about relationships. Now, I have a lot of emotional intelligence about relationships. I love to be very real and uh, honest and human and share a lot of things with the girls that I'm with. And I really appreciate a girl who's able to be open and honest and, and can, can uh, meet me on those levels, especially because I live this weird life as a dating coach and, and uh, you know, I'm traveling around the world doing this kind of work. That can often be very hard for a woman to understand because she's very quick to jump into judgments and opinions and, and uh, you know, what she thinks that I'm doing, which is, might not necessarily even be true. Uh, and it helps me a lot if she's at least open in her mind to be able to say, oh, well, I don't really know what you're doing, but I'm interested to learn more. Or it seems like you're doing something that I'm not really comfortable with, but I'm at least willing to talk to you about it and learn about what's going on. Now, that's a bit of a side rant, but you can see, for example, there's some of my values. And then it allows me to match and qualify and find girls that are in uh, alignment with those. Now, I have other values like playfulness and fun and, you know, uh, being sexually like liberated and, and at least curious um, you know obviously having things like a good sense of adventure uh, you know and, and a good understanding of, of life is always a plus so I try to work out how can I communicate with the girls that I'm with to find if they match me on these levels and if I find I'm dating a girl who doesn't really match me on these levels honestly I am not going to be spending that much time with her because I'm not getting anything out of it. She doesn't stimulate me. I don't stimulate her. We're not really sharing anything amazing. So the result is that maybe we can share some sex or go on an adventure together or maybe it's cool to hang out with her for a weekend or whatever. But I ultimately know that it's not going to go that far because I don't want to have to play the role of constantly investing in her to try and shape her or make her into the person that I would love her to be so that then I can connect with her and vice versa. I'm sure she doesn't want to have to invest in me and uh, you know, turn me into the kind of guy that she wants to be in. So just look, I'm looking for that. So that's an important thing is looking for, you know, what are the values that you, uh, you know, you're sharing and if, if you really match each other on that level. Another thing that I personally think is very important uh, and I think it's, it's, pretty good, it's a pretty good general thing to come up against as well, is if you want to date a girl long term, if you think that she's like, you know, quality material, she's like, a, she's a keeper, look for a girl that is a giver. And what do I mean by that is, I mean, she wants to give, she wants to serve, she wants to please, she wants to give you herself and her time and her energy and her femininity. Why is that important? Because it's one of the most powerful things a woman can do and can share with a man is nourishment, blessing, femininity, you know, her, her feminine essence. Now, there is an exchange here because in a healthy dynamic between a man and a woman, when you have a very giving uh, woman, what she's often really liking in the man as a result and a reflection of that is that he is also giving to her, but in a different kind of way. So it's often more like the man is able to lead and take care of and create a kind of a clear container, a clear, strong space 
for her to feel comfortable, to be vulnerable, to, uh, to connect with herself so that she can allow herself to want to go into that feminine sort of state. Now, in my experience, there's a ton of different uh, people out there doing different things. There's a lot of different styles of women. And I warn you, some women are selfish. Some women are narcissistic. Some women are immature. Some women have had a lot of things in their life given to them for free and they never really had to work for anything and they don't really care about taking care of anybody else or wanting to give or wanting to share or wanting to be really feminine for a guy because they don't have to. And they, they, they've never learned that lesson and maybe they never will learn that lesson. So you need to also realize that if you're with a girl like that, how much do you really want to spend time with that? Because ultimately, that kind of girl is going to be a big investment. I mean, she's going to take a lot of time. She's probably going to be high maintenance. And ultimately, you're going to end up in a position typically where you're the guy who's always trying to work hard to make things work uh, because she's not really willing to meet you halfway and to give in return. So make sure you're looking for somebody who's a giver, somebody who's nourishing, somebody who's, you know, a good person, a good, sweet, nice girl, you know, a, a girl that, that wants to share. And that's also going to pay off in places like the bedroom because she's going to want to please you. She's going to want to explore. She's going to want to give you good experiences and learn. So if you're able to give her your masculinity, create the space, make her feel safe, make her feel okay to be in her vulnerability as a woman, then she's going to want to open herself to you. She's, wanting, she's going to want to give herself to you. And that's a blessing. It really is a blessing. And as a man, it's very important that you respect that and that you, you, you acknowledge that and you take care of that so that you're not damaging her and also you know, hurting yourself in that process. Now, that is something that takes a bit of practice. It's something that you need to develop emotional intelligence about. I mean, it helps to have things like sexual skills and physical skills, like learning how to like, touch and lead and, and all these things that will happen through dating. And that's also why it's important to have a broad experience of dating with lots of different girls, with lots of different tastes and different needs and you know, sleeping with different women at different times will show you so much about different women. You know, some women are really sensual and they just want to be constantly affectionate. Some women are not particularly sensual and even though they might have a very high sex drive, sometimes it's only in some moments for a short period of time. Other women are not very sexual at all and some women have a high need for affection but they don't have a high sense of need for sexuality. There's all these different dynamics and also as a man you need to learn how to navigate those things and understand the different, the different natures and the different codes, the different languages of different women. And for example, something to check out, which is a powerful thing for every man to understand in general, and it's, I wouldn't say it's, the, it's the, the, the complete answer, but a useful model to look at is the five love languages. Now the five love languages explain that different people connect and love each other based on their primary love language. So for example, from memory, the, two, the, the five primary love languages, quality time, there is uh, physical touch and affection, there's gifts, there is uh, praise and acknowledgement, and there's one more that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It'll come to me in a minute. But the point is that depending on what those languages are, you're going to start to work out like how are you connecting with this girl and what are yours? For example, my primary love language is a quality time and physical touch. So I know that I'm having good quality time with a girl and she's giving me a lot of physical affection. I feel loved. I feel connected. I feel good. Whereas if I'm with a girl who needs to hear constant praise and gifts, then I need to be, be aware of that. Because if I'm, if I'm trying to make her feel loved by giving her quality time and affection, but she's feeling unloved because I'm not buying her gifts and giving her praise, then they've got a problem there. But if I understand that, then that's going to make a big difference in making that relationship work if that's something I want to do. 
And also, it can be very useful and is very powerful if you have a partner that at least has one of your primary love languages, because we have at least two, and oftentimes more, and in some ways we could say, yeah, we all like them all, but we often have one or two that are our really strong primary ones, and when we have those, we feel most met, most acknowledged, most appreciated. So be aware of that and how you're matching on these different love language kinds of levels. So there's another one, is like I said, coming back to that idea of look for a giver. The next thing which is also important and it is related to that is find a girl that can love you. If you want to be with a girl long term, you want to settle down, you want to create something, you're not sure whether that's a good idea or not, make sure you find a girl that can love you. Now this is a complicated topic to a degree because what is love? Well, love is a big, interesting thing. And yet again, we learn about love over a lifetime. It's something that is not easy to put into a box because there's many definitions, many perspectives, many variations on what love is and how we can relate to this concept of love. Now in my view, as I'm sitting here right now relating about that idea of love, I look at it as if love is a, an ability to meet somebody as they are to bless them in who they are and to wish the best for them to be all that they are without judgment, without, without constraint, without control, without possession. Now we've got a bit of a paradox here because on some level you could say, well, that's what you know, idealistic love is. That's what romantic, no, that's not romantic love. That's what idealistic unconditional love is. But on the other side, you've got conditional love, romantic love, because in some sense, I could meet a girl and think, wow, she's amazing and I really hope that she's happy and I wish her all the best and I, I really want to spend more time with her and I hope she gets to be all that she can be. And then she might be out hanging out with other guys or fucking other guys and I need to make a judgment in that moment. It was like, am I okay with that? Is that within my boundaries and rules of what is okay for me? And if it's not, which for a lot of guys it's not, for example, then I'm going to have to deal with that. I'm going to have to come to terms with either creating a negotiation with her to say like, I really want to bless you and be with you and share this amazing journey of love in an unconditional kind of way but for me to be intimate and feel safe and feel connected on a romantic level then I'm gonna need to you to understand that there's some kind of rules that are most effective for creating this relationship for allowing us to work together now the thing to realize along with that is a relationship is it's a container it's a it's a it's a it's a series of negotiations and rules that allow two people to share time and energy and ideally get the best out of their time together. Now the thing is, not a lot of people are aware of that. They just fall into the unconscious habit patterns of like, oh yeah, we're in a relationship and then what often happens is people turn this thing, which is actually a dynamic, living, constantly changing negotiation, they turn it into an object as if a relationship is something they can put into a wheelbarrow or that they can somehow produce and go like, yeah, I'm in a relationship, like as if it's like a piece of toast or something. No, it's not. A relationship is not an object. A relationship is a process that is constantly being negotiated. And the more that you're able to negotiate and understand your terms, of negotiation, the easier it's gonna be for you to be able to stay in a healthy sense of relationship. Now this is something that is more advanced as a concept, uh, but I would say that one of the things that ultimately you're really looking for, and this comes down to like, you know, when is it time to settle down? Well, it's time to settle down when you're mature enough to settle down. It's time to settle down when you're conscious enough to actually be able to relate on a high level with somebody, and you've met somebody who is also mature enough to settle down and is conscious enough to be able to relate. Then you have two mature people 
relating in a conscious way to create a dynamic, positive, really good relationship. And there's lots of good rules for, you know, for relationships. For example, some simple stuff that I can just say off the top of my head is, if you're gonna be with somebody, take care of them. Treat them like royalty. Make sure that they are a special person. Don't treat them sh like shit. Like a lot of people get into this thing of like once they're in a relationship with somebody, they get less and less appreciative of them. They take them more and more for granted. They pay less and less attention to them. They don't adore them. They don't appreciate them. They don't honor them. And it can be sad when people are in an intimate relationship for a period of time and then they're treating strangers better than they're treating their partner. Now that's not fair, so don't fall into that kind of trap. And obviously, if you're in a position where you've got a partner and you find that you're treating them less, with less respect and less honor and less appreciation than you would a stranger or somebody that you hardly know, like a new friend, then there's something that either needs to be negotiated or it's a sure sign that you're in the wrong relationship. You're, in the, you're with the wrong person and uh, you need to negotiate something else or get out of that relationship to find something that's gonna be healthy for you. Because in my opinion, it's better to be single and to be happy than it is to be in a relationship with somebody that is not really making you happy and ultimately you're not making them happy as a result either. So these are really important things, is being aware of like being with somebody who can love you, who can meet you in this space of this rules, these are these rules, this game, and somebody that you can make sure that you're uh, really, you know, solidly relating to each other in a conscious kind of way. Now that, like I said, is an ongoing conversation. That means that when things come up, which they do on a regular basis, you're able to be honest about them in the right way. And sometimes things come up and it's not the right time or place to deal with it. Sometimes emotions come up and you have to think, hmm, I'm feeling some emotions right now. I could talk about it and make a drama out of it, or maybe I should sit with my emotions for a little while and, and understand whether this is actually a real problem or just something that's a result of a state that I'm in right now, or it's a reaction to something that I'm dealing with right now. It actually doesn't have very much to do with her or to do with the relationship. Sometimes that happens. So sometimes it can be really good when you're in a relationship to step back and to think for a moment, like, is this a good time to voice this or not? Other times, it's important to step in and make sure that you are voicing what's appropriate at the time because there's something important that needs to be understood, it needs to be negotiated, and the sooner, the better, rather than later, because some of these things, if they fester under the surface, can create difficulties. Now, the art of being able to do that is intuitive, really, and it's also intuitive because it's a result of having a lot of reference experiences of relating and relationships and seeing positive models and effective models of people relating. Now, it's important if you want to be in a good relationship that you find somebody who's able to meet you in that. So for example, be with a partner that if you feel strong emotions and you can say to them, I'm feeling some emotions right now, I don't know what to make of it and I'm just going to sit with it for a while. I don't want to talk about it for a few hours or a few days until I really get what's going on. And it's important to have a partner who's able to say, okay, that's cool, I understand that. Or if it's not cool with them to say, to say that and they're like, no, I really need to talk about this, that you can negotiate that. Or vice versa, it's cool to be with a partner and you say, I have these things I really need to talk about right now because this is really important for me. And even if she says, I'm not really cool with that, I need some time, then you negotiate that. So you want to be able to meet each other in your negotiation, in your consciousness, in your ability to keep this relationship alive. So that's being able to meet somebody who can really love you. And that's also being able to really love and finding that balance between the ideal of love, which is like I said, the ideal of love is I want you to be the best that you can be. And if you being the best that you can be means that you have to take me out of your life or that I have to 
uh, allow you to do things that are not okay with me because of my expectations, then I have to deal with that. But that goes both ways. That's the important thing here, is, is that like you have to make a choice. If, like, if, the, if the best thing for your partner is to allow her to go and sleep with another guy because that's truly what she needs to do and that's who she really is, then maybe you'll have to deal with that and vice versa. This is where the power comes in for you guys out here as well because if the best thing for you, for your truth, for your true higher self, for your true love of who you are and where you're going, is to be free and to date other women or to be in open relationships, then you need to do that. And ideally, if you're with a woman who loves and loves and respects you, then she will give you the freedom to do that and meet you on that level. Now, if somebody is unable to hold the space, it's such a hippie thing to say, but unable to allow you to be the person that you need to be to experience your higher potential and to, to uh, you know, be all the things that you want to be, then they're probably not the kind of person who's going to make good relationship material in the long term. Now, there is a paradox here as well, because the funny thing that can happen is if you're with somebody, for example, and there is, a, there is this knowledge, there is an understanding that you just want each other to be happy. And if that means being with somebody else, then that's okay. And then the irony oftentimes is that when somebody gives you complete freedom to say, if you really need to be with other people, go and be with other, other people. So the irony is that when you're with somebody who really acknowledges what you need and loves you and wants you to have all those things, then the tendency is that you don't want to stray away from that person. You actually respect them more. You want to fulfill their needs more. So the, you can find this kind of amazing balance of like the more that you give somebody freedom or the more that you're given freedom to be all that you are, sometimes that makes you want to serve the rules, the romantic uh, rules of devotion that then allow for the best possible conditions for that person to keep loving you in that way. Now something that, I'll just tell you a little story really quickly, which I think is, is a powerful story. It illustrates some key points. There's a teacher, she's worth checking out. Her name is Byron Katie, and Byron Katie does a lot of things, but she, she, but she teaches people how to break out of certain emotional patterns, and she's worth checking out. But she told a story which was quite key for my understanding of love. And she was going through a stage of depersonalization, I guess. She was breaking out into a very expanded state of awareness where she was seeing her humanity and her new individuality and her truth in a completely different light. Now she was in a marriage at that time and that's quite weird because her personality was changing, her habits were changing, the way that she was connecting with her partner was very very different and basically her, buzz, her husband came to her and said do you still love me? And she asked a key question which is a very powerful question and this is a good one for you guys to keep in mind. She asked well what is this thing called love that you're asking me about? Like, what, what is it that you think that love is that I, I need to understand so that I can answer that question? And he basically said something along the lines of, well, do you feel these feelings of special significance for me? Do you feel these, like, warm, fuzzy feelings and fantasies and desires? And do you want to adore me? And do you want to appreciate me? And do you see me as somebody really special in my life? In her life, sorry. And, and she thought about it for a moment. And she said something that was very powerful. She said, well, I feel those feelings when you create the conditions for me to be able to feel those feelings more easily. So when you take me out, when you appreciate me, when you talk to me, when you uh, do nice things for me, when you take care of me, I feel those feelings more regularly. It's easier for me to go into those feelings of love. So what she was saying to her husband at that time is like, if you treat me with respect and you, you understand the patterns that I need inside myself so that I can be safe and comfortable in my ability to see you as that kind of person that deserves that kind of connection, that kind of emotional attachment, then I will do that. 
And what she also said is like, when you don't do those things, when you don't act like a mature, you know, husband, or you don't take care of me, or you, 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 uh, you know, you bring too much like negativity or judgment or frustration or whatever it is into the relationship that's not healthy for the relationship, then I don't feel those feelings for you. Now it makes sense, right? It's pretty simple. Now what does that what does that demonstrate? It demonstrates that there's rules of devotion. There's rules of romantic love that work. Now the second part to what she said, which is also extremely powerful, was she said, and in some sense, I don't love you because I am love. We are love. This is love. Life is love. So that's a pretty, you know, trippy spiritual thing to say. But she was she's talking about how her perspective of love had shifted from this small contained box of rules that most people think a relationship is that's based basically on possession. The rule and the, the typical role and rules of relationships that people have is like you act the way that I want you to act so I'll feel the feelings that I need to feel and then I'll act the way that you want me to act so that you can feel the feelings and then we'll basically write a contract over those feelings so you become the drug dealer of my feelings and I'll become the drug dealer of your feelings. So we become responsible for each other's feelings and then you start to become dependent on each other and then you start to want to possess the other person. That's where it really goes wrong. As people start to possess each other, they start to control each other and most of this stuff happens unconsciously. I mean, you think about what happens in a lot of relationships and this is important, is you guys, well, people can fall into a relationship and before they know it, they're just stumbling into this relationship of convenience. They're not really aware of what they're doing. And before they know it, because the relationship feels good in that moment, they're, they feel like, wow, significant and connection and good feelings and pleasure and sex. And especially if you haven't had a relationship in a long time, that might be something that seems really addictive and, and it's comfortable and it feels really nice. So what do you do? Say, for example, you stop going to the gym so much because it's not as important anymore. You stop hanging out with your friends so much because it's not as important anymore. You stop working on the projects you want to work on because it's not as important anymore. You stop adventuring and being open-minded and learning cool things that you're interested in because it's not as important anymore. And you start putting this, this focus of this relationship as the primary thing in the center of your life. And then over time, it becomes like a feedback loop of addiction. It really does. And, uh, and you sacrifice all these other parts of your life. And then what happens is you you start to feel like you have to work harder and harder to get those same feelings out of that relationship. And if you're with a partner that's doing the same thing and you've basically like shut yourselves off and alienated yourselves from the life that you did have so that you could be with somebody, then you fall into this sad, sorry situation of then feeling resentful to your partner because you feel as if they've taken you away from your life. But really, you're the one who took yourself away from your life. So there can be this resentment that, that develops and then you start projecting that resentment onto each other. And then that's when you get this nasty mess of codependence and uh, what we call abandonment and enmeshment. So that means like, now I've got you, I need you, and if you leave me, then I'm fucked. Uh, and then if that goes both ways, it's a very, very nasty situation. Now, why do I bring that up? That's a bit of an aside, but it's not really, because that leads back to the thing I was talking about before with Byron Katie saying that she doesn't love her husband, she is love. Because what she's understood is that Yes, she's, when she spends and devotes time with her husband and he spends and, time, spends and devotes time with her, then they create this bubble of romance and they create this bubble of good feelings together. But at the same time, when she remembers, which she's basically permanently established herself in an identity and in a state of realizing that everything is basically love, she can never be fully attached to the ideal of that romantic fantasy. And that's a healthy thing because it allows her to move into the romantic fantasy and experience it 
whilst always having a part of her that's like outside not falling into the trap of what that that uh, romantic fantasy could be if she got too lost in it if she got possessed by it if you will if she if she um became completely lost in that as if that was all that there was. So this is really key and this is big stuff and I'm not expecting you guys to understand all of this in one hit. This is stuff that took me like a decade to understand over time of having dozens of relationships. And, and it's basically this ability to unconditionally love and negotiate your rules of devotion and what helps a healthy relationship is what is gonna create a conscious relationship. It's gonna create conscious relating. So if you're gonna be with a girl, if you're gonna be with a partner, then ideally you wanna be with one who can work with you on these levels. And she might not be perfect, and she might be young, and maybe she has no idea about any of this stuff, but at least you wanna be with a girl who's open and honest and willing and able to go into that with you. And uh, that comes down to a very important thing in relationships as well, is that when two people come together, and they want to be together, then the thing that's gonna make or break that relationship ultimately is both parties in that relationship acknowledge and are invested in the thing that is the relationship, the dynamic and the process. And both parties are aware that they need to invest time, energy, emotion, uh, sometimes sacrifice things to make sure that the healthy state and value of that relationship maintains itself. Because the truth is if one party starts going away from that relationship and investing their energy in other things and not taking care of the relationship, it's gonna collapse. If both parties go away, it's gonna collapse. So, and you don't wanna have a situation where there's one, part, one party moving away and one party chasing or vice versa, because that's going to end up with a messy situation as well. So, you really wanna be aware of all these kinds of dynamics and how they contribute to this healthy state of being able to relate. And, uh, if you're out there and you're dating and you're really trying to work all this stuff out, then by all means, have relationships, but don't sacrifice your whole life for that one relationship. Maybe look at it in terms of like, all right, I really like this girl and I want to devote some time to her and I want to make her a primary lover. Well, maybe you do want to make her your only lover for a period of time, but be very clear with yourself and with her when you're being true to yourself. Be honest with yourself about is this healthy and is this not. And you might even want to say to a girl at the start, I'd like to be in a relationship, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I want to fully give myself to a relationship just now. So I, what, I'm, what I'm willing to do is devote some time and energy to making this something special, but at the same time, I'm going to reserve the right to negotiate as we move. So I want to be able to say, it's, if it's not key, if it's not, if it's not making me healthy or happy, then I'm going to be able to redefine the terms as you go, and vice versa. And then you're going to be growing together and evolving. So all of that really comes together as a powerful package of being able to consciously relate. And the other part of that, which is, when is it time to settle down? When is it time to stop? When is it time to you know, give up game? Well, like I said, I, I really do believe the only time to do that is when you feel like you're mature enough and ready to do that because you've had enough experiences and there's other things in your life that are more important for you at that time and you've met somebody who's mature enough and ready enough uh, and is willing and able to invest in that relationship with you with all of these things working and, uh, and constantly working with that negotiating. And if you find a good partner, how do you know it's a good partner? Well, a good partner in my terms is somebody that is easy to negotiate with, somebody who is emotionally intelligent, somebody who has a a healthy enough sense of self that she's not going to be constantly dependent on me propping her up and taking care of her and she's also smart enough and well uh, integrated enough that 
she can call me out on my bullshit if I'm going into mess as well. So ideally, the best sort of situation for a relationship is when you've got somebody who can support you to create a healthy life and can call you out on your bullshit enough that you will stop doing things that are unhealthy and come back to what's actually important, which is the best of both interests and vice versa. Because the truth is as well, this is one of the reasons why relationships are very healthy and positive in our lives. The truth is that if we don't have people that care about us, if we're not invested in other people that we care about, then it can be very easy to become self-destructive. It can be very easy to become uncaring. It can be very easy to get caught up in traps of doing whatever the comfortable, easy path of least resistance is, which ultimately is not the healthiest thing for your life. And that's also why they say typically people that are in long-term relationships tend to live longer. They tend to be healthier. They tend to get more done because they have a support network. They have somebody who's there with them that they're accountable to in a way that they're, that they're supporting and is supporting them. And it gives them a higher purpose and a meaning. And if that person knows how to negotiate and support them in their values, if that person knows how to support and, and, and keep them mature, if that person has similar love languages, if that person is invested in the higher level concept of healthy relationships and wants to have a conscious relationship, then you're onto something gold. You're onto something amazing. And yes, that is worth stepping away from game if you really want that at that time. And uh, the other thing though as well is being in a relationship doesn't mean that you have to stop socializing. Being in a relationship doesn't mean that you can never talk to another girl. And that's an important thing to recognize and negotiate with your partner too, is that it's okay for you to have female friends. It's okay for you to flirt. It's okay for you to be out there in the world sharing yourself as the man that you are, but be very clear also that if what's important to you in the relationship is that you honor your partner and vice versa, she honors you by not sexually sharing yourself with other people, then maybe that's something that you need to negotiate with. I mean, I've been in all kinds of different arrangements with girls and some of those arrangements are, girls can go and sleep with other guys and I don't really care because I can go and sleep with other girls and she has no right to judge me as that and that can work, that can definitely work. And I've been in those arrangements for three, six, maybe even 12 months and they can be quite healthy as long as there's honesty and openness and a fair sense of connection to what's really important to each other in that process. What can often happen though, and this is something to draw your attention to, is that you could say to a girl, I don't want to be in a relationship, I want to be free, I want to do all these things, and she can say, great, that's fine for now, and then she'll share that time with you, and maybe she'll be happy to be with you for a week or a month or three months, but then she may come to a point where basically she's feeling, I need more, I need to renegotiate terms. And it's important to acknowledge that and understand that, because some women don't even know that that's actually what's going on for them. And they start sabotaging the relationship or they start calling out for a need for more things. And uh, you need to be able to see that stuff as it's happening and renegotiate that at the time. And maybe that means you reassert boundaries saying, no, I can't give you more because that's not the rules of the arrangement and I'm not invested in doing more right now because I have other priorities and needs. Or it could mean saying, okay, yes, I acknowledge what you're saying and you need more and I will give you more because that's within my capacity to provide you more of that, more emotions or more time or more commitment or, uh, you know, I will withdraw my attention from sexual partnerships with other people that are not as important for me because I am really invested in you and you are really important for me and I acknowledge that making this relationship very strong is worth the investment, it's worth the commitment at this time. So that's a lot to take in, gentlemen, I understand. So. Enjoy that, think about that, watch the video a couple of times. I've given you some seeds to move in lots of different directions and understand the map from a higher level perspective. And I'll just wrap it up by saying, like I said, stay true to yourself, 
and keep on the path as long as you need to be on the path until you recognize that you're at a mature level. And oftentimes that might not be until you're really in your at least your late 20s, maybe even 30s. So go out there, have fun, have relationships, enjoy yourself, but always be learning, always be growing, and always be striving for the next best, most amazing level of both love in its truest sense and your own independent, powerful capacity to communicate and be the best man that you can be because that's what you're really here to do. Stay tuned for more, ask me some more good quality questions and I'll do my best to create some gold. In the meantime, subscribe, stay tuned. Thanks gentlemen, peace out from Budapest. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.